Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Good morning. Great to be here this morning. And I do recognise straight off the bat that there are different groups of people that are here this morning. Um, Some of you are Christians and it's Sunday, so you're here at church Others of you have been invited to come along and you're visiting and it's awesome to have you. But I really want to target the third group and the third group, you are here because uh, your footy team lost this weekend. And um, I just want to say I stand with you uh, and uh, the, word, the word of the Lord for you is uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So we will get through this. And if you uh, are a supporter of a team that did win Remember to grieve with those that grieve. Mourn with those who mourn. So um, no one likes a, a cocky winner. So stay humble and think of us, uh, our teams, as we grieve. And, uh, but, but all good, all good. Uh, some of the women are just thinking, I, I just want my husband back. Uh, girlfriend's saying, I, I, just want, I just want him to get off the couch, away from the TV. You know, finals footy is nearly over, uh, but then cricket season starts. So it's all good. Hey, uh, it is great to uh, be with you this morning and uh, really want to share a word that I felt God give me. Um, and, and it was, it, I got a little bit emotional when I kind of saw it. The, the title, let me give you the title straight off the bat. The title is Battle Weary. And, um, and, and when I was praying for you and, and felt the Holy Spirit speak to me about um, people like us who are going through all sorts of battles. You are uh, fighting and wrestling with things that no one would ever know about. And when we see you, you look awesome. Uh, You look great. If anyone was to ask you, how you doing? Awesome, doing well. Uh, But secretly behind the scenes, uh, you cry in the shower or you shed tears as you fall asleep or you get into the car after work and you cry for some of the trip home because there is stuff that you are battling and there is stuff that you are fighting that no one knows about. Uh, there, there are battles uh, with stuff that is happening in your mind, with anxiety, uh, with depression. There is stuff happening in your emotions. There is stuff happening in your marriages and in your families and with your kids and uh, in your, on your job and in your businesses and in your communities. There are all sorts of things that are going on and no one would know about it. Well, I felt like the Holy Spirit say to me that this word is for you. If you are feeling battle-weary, if you are feeling uh, fatigued, uh, deplenished, you feel like, and coming into this time of the year, it's been a, a tough year again with, you know, all the COVID restrictions and, and things, you know, thinking of parents and teachers that have had to navigate the constant changes and all of that, heavy workloads and all of that, and you kind of get to this time of the year and, and we're just feeling a little bit weary. But I want you to know that there is a God, that, that there is someone who is aware of the battles that you are facing. And there is someone that wants to say to you, you are not alone in this. I see what you're going through and I am here. Amen. So I want to go to our scripture uh, for today and it's in the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. It says this, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him 
and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. I want to take for a moment this text, and if you are familiar with this story, you will know what happens next. What happens next is a, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of like a real flaw on the legacy of King David. Um, what happens next, it's, it's a scandalous what happens next, because the very next verse goes on to say that King David is at home and he's walking around on the flat part of the roof of his palace and he looks down and he sees a woman bathing and she's beautiful and, and she's bathing. He inquires of her and some of his servants say that is Bathsheba uh, and she happens to be the daughter of one of David's warriors but she, she also happens to be the wife of another one of his warriors and despite all of that, David still sends for her and he brings her in, he sleeps with her, and then he sends her away. Well, a little while later, she sends word back to the palace saying, um, I'm late, and I don't mean for work. Um, I'm pregnant. <laughs> in other words, I'm pregnant. Um, and so David goes through, and he tries to cover it all up, but he just keeps digging himself deeper and deeper uh, into a ditch. And, uh, and what happens actually impacts not just his generation, but the generations after him, uh, his sons uh, and his son's sons. It continues to go on. And so I want to have a look at this text because uh, I think that there are some lessons that we can learn. Uh, and especially as we are battle-weary, for those of us that have been fighting all sorts of things that no one knows about, and it just feels like, I just need a break. I just need relief. Uh, David, uh, it says here, was remaining in Jerusalem at the time when kings go out to battle. It's spring, and that was the time that kings go out to battle. It just so happens that we are in spring. And I don't know about you, but spring is my absolute favorite season of the year, kind of right between the cold of winter, the awful humidity of summer is that beautiful blend of sunshine, you know, in spring. And so I can understand for David uh, that this was an awesome time to be at home. And so he sends off uh, Joab, his commanding officer, and they go to battle, but then he finds himself in a really, really difficult situation. Actually, in 2 Samuel chapter 8, it talks about the fact that David had conquests, all these amazing conquests that David had, and it lists all the areas that he had conquered and all of that. So we can, we can get to chapter 11, we can understand, well, maybe David's feeling a little bit weary. Maybe he's just decided, I don't need to go out and fight anymore, I'll just stay here. Uh, but what happens because of that choice is he gets into a whole lot of trouble. So if you are here and you are feeling a little bit weary, if you are feeling a little bit worse for wear because of the battles and, and the things that you have been going through, I want you to know that there is a solution to that. And I believe I'm just going to highlight a few things that we can actually do when we are battle-weary. Uh, things that we can actually do. Th this is the thing. Have you ever heard this scripture? Uh, the battle is the Lord's. Have you heard that? 
Let me tell you the context of that scripture. It's, uh, it, it's, it's actually in Samuel chapter 17, and David is saying it. And do you know who he's saying it to? Goliath. So sometimes we hear that scripture, the battle is the Lord, uh, and we think it's a license to be passive. We think it's a license to kind of sit back and God will do it anyway. No, no, no. David says that, but then he goes out and he swings a sling and he takes a sword and he defeats the giant. So yes, absolutely, the battle is the Lord's, but there is also a part for us to play. Amen. There is always something that God wants us to do because he is looking for people that will partner with him. And so here's my first point. If we are battle weary, here's my first point. Rest, but don't settle. Rest, but don't settle. It's, it's obvious here that David had settled. He had remained in Jerusalem at a time when kings would go out in the spring. They would wait through winter to pass, and then they would go out in spring to fight. But David had decided that he was going to settle in Jerusalem. And that's always a dangerous thing, especially when you are a king and you are called to go out at that time when other kings go. So here's my point is rest. Understand that God understands how weary we, we, we may become and, and how exhausted and depleted we may be. So we can rest but don't settle in that place. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now notice, he makes me lie down in green pastures, but he doesn't let me stay there. I rest, but then I get up because there are still streams for me to go by. He is still restoring my soul, and there is a valley that is up ahead that I need to walk through, but on the other side of that valley, there is a prepared table that he has for me. Uh, we need to rest at those times, but we need to understand that that's not where we settle, that, that we are called to get up. The children of Israel, when they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, they never built houses. They only pitched tents because it was a temporal place and they were, and so what would happen is they would be in the wilderness and, and they would see the cloud of God's presence and every time it was lifted and moved, they packed up and they would move. Every time it settled, they stopped, they pitched their tent, they settled, but they only pitched tents because they knew that this was only temporary. It came a time when they crossed over into uh, the promised land and, and you know what happened? the cloud disappeared. There was no more cloud of God's presence. But God gives the command to Joshua, look at your feet. Everywhere your foot treads, I have given it to you. You don't need to look up anymore because you are here in the place where you are to settle. And for some of us, we understand that you are going through maybe a difficult time, but this is not the time to lay down and settle. God has more for you. God has not called you to settle in that place of frustration, settle in that place of addiction. And here's the thing. Some of us think, I have been battling this thing for so long, this personal struggle. Maybe it's just my lot in life. 
Can I tell you, do not believe the lie of the enemy because the devil will come and he will tell you, you are never getting out of that thing. You might as well build a house and, and, and get rid of your tent. You are going to stay in that place of frustration, in that place of bondage, in that place of affliction, that place of addiction. But I came to tell someone that God has not called you to build a house. He's only called you to pitch a tent. It is only temporary. It is only temporary. This is what happens if we stay too long in the wrong place. Rest turns to restlessness. Once we're restless, we seek out relief. Often it's not very healthy. And once we engage in that relief, we end up with regret. And so that cycle continues. Restlessness, relief, regret. Restlessness, relief, regret. How many times have you been caught up in that thing and, and then we know it's wrong, but we just can't help it because we're seeking relief. And then we come back to God and we're saying, I'm sorry, this is the last time I'm going to do it. Please forgive me. God will forgive us every time, but understand he wants to destroy that spirit of that cycle, that unhealthy cycle. Understand that when Jesus went to the cross, he broke the spirit of settling. He actually broke that spirit that says, this is as far as you'll go. This is all you will know. You were, th th this is your lot in life. Jesus destroyed all of that. He came and he announced that this is the year of the Lord's favor, Jubilee, when, when prisoners go free. But when he hung on the cross, understand that he hung uncovered so that you will always be covered that he was only, the only thing he wore was a crown of thorns. He was crowned with a curse. Thorns were a result of the fall. Uh, thorns were a curse that God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They were a curse. And Jesus wore that curse. He was crowned with a curse so every single person could be crowned with blessing. And I'm not just talking about any kind of blessing. I'm talking about an end to generational curses, end to every other kind of curse or thing that you just said, you, you've just sort of settled and said, well, this is just the way I've always been. I've always had a temper. Uh, my dad struggled with this stuff. His dad struggled with this stuff. So I'm just going to struggle. This is just, no, no, no. Can I tell you that Jesus came to break that spirit of settling, that though you may be weary, this is not your place to land, that God has more for you. Amen. If you still have a pulse, you've still got a purpose. There is more for you. And so you may be weary, but rest, don't settle. Don't settle in that. So the remedy for that is that we don't seek relief from something external. We actually go to someone in particular. Jesus said it this way, come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Rest, but don't settle. The second thing we can do when, uh, when we are battle-weary is to resist complacency. Resist complacency. Revelations chapter 3, verse 14, 19 says this. These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I'm rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not, uh, do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. 
I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see as many as I love I rebuke and chasten therefore be zealous and repent. King David had become a king and he had uh, conquered many enemies and so he had received a, a level of success and fame. Uh, but the most dangerous thing about success it can, is it can lead to complacency. It can lead to that sort of thinking that I don't need to do anymore. I've arrived. I've arrived. Here's an interesting definition from Oxford about complacency. It says, a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger. It's a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger. And doesn't David run into that danger? Totally unaware that that complacency, that, that feeling that it's, it's all good, you know, um, we've, we've, we've done a whole lot, uh, I, I can just sort of take it easy now, I can rest and, and I can just settle here, uh, because it's all good, I've, I've kind of arrived. Can I tell you that the most important fight that we can fight as believers is that fight against familiarity, it's that fight against it's all good, you know, I'm so familiar with the presence of God and, and the things of God. Can I tell you that familiarity will kill you? It will kill your fire for God. It will kill your joy. It will kill your peace. It will kill everything that is dear to you because God has to be worshipped with awe and wonder. There is a story in the Bible when David is moving the Ark of the Covenant um, and he's moving it into Jerusalem from the place uh, a man called Abinadab. And, uh, and what happens is um, they place it on a cart that is pulled by oxen, and Abinadab's sons are sort of guiding it. They come to a place, one particular point, and it says the oxen stumble, and as a result, the cart nearly tips over. And one of uh, Abinadab's sons, Uzzah, he puts out his hand to steady it, and God strikes him dead. And he falls. And I remember reading this the first time and thinking, that's messed up. I mean, that's a bit harsh, God. Uh, I mean, all he was doing was trying to steady the thing. But, but here's the point. Abinadab and his sons had grown so familiar with the presence of God. It had been in their home uh, for over 20 years. They had grown so familiar that they had lost their sense of awe and wonder. David actually takes it to a place called, uh, a gentleman's name was uh, Boaz, uh, um, sorry, I, I totally forgot his name, and, um, and he puts it there for three months, and, and, um, and uh, God blesses uh, that man, and, and as a result, David comes back, but in the meantime, in that three months, David goes back, and he finds the correct way to transport the Ark of the Covenant, and he knows that he has to have consecrated priests, people that have been set apart to carry the ark. And, and as they do, they make, it, uh, they, they make it all the way there. But the, the, the point is that we can never, ever grow complacent or, or familiar with, with God's presence. The moment we do that, 
there is a part of us that I believe that dies. And, and, and it's so easy when we come to church each week and we hear great songs and, and we hear the word and we become so used to it all that we sort of settle in and just think, well, that, that was nice, that was good. But can I, just, can I just invite you to come with that wide-eyed wonder, that, that sense of awe again? You remember when you first got saved and your heart was hypersensitive. Uh, you started seeing everything clearly for the first time. There is nowhere that says that you ever have to lose that. Uh, you, you, never have to, you never have to just settle in to comfortable, complacent Christianity and, and just I'm just kind of cruising until, you know, I get to heaven. No, no, no. Every single day, every single moment, every single opportunity is an opportunity to come and discover again. This letter to the church of Sardis, it says to purchase eye salve. And, and here's the thing, some of us need to get a fresh revelation. Uh, eye salve is to clear up blindness, it's to clear up the inability to see correctly. And some of us need to get a fresh revelation of who God is. And once that happens, we can approach him once again with awe and wonder instead of complacency and familiarity. And finally, the last and final thing, and worship team, you can head on up. Um, when we are battle-weary, is that understand that we can rise and reign. We can rise and reign. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6 says, But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. David was a king. And, and because he was a king, uh, you know, he thought that he could kind of do what, whatever he wanted to. But here's the thing about your calling as a king. Um, you can only do the kingly duties. Uh, Joab is not the king. Uh, he's the commanding officer. And sometimes when we forget our identity, that we are not just kings, but we are actually kings, uh, that, that we are called to be kings. And as a result of that, only you can carry your calling. Uh, you can't abdicate that. You can't delegate that to anyone else. God has actually called you to that marriage. God has called you to that family. He's called you to those kids. He's called you to that community. And, and he is calling us to fulfill that calling that he's placed on us. Uh, like Sarah, uh, she found out the hard way, no one else can carry your promise. God doesn't do surrogates. Uh, Hagar cannot carry the promised child. It may, be, it may have gone a long way, but God has called you to carry that specific promise. He has called you and only you. And David forgot the fact that he was king, but it was what kings do. They go out and lead the battle in the time of spring. Commanding officers don't lead, kings do. And for some of us, we need to be reminded that we have actually been called kings so that we can actually rise and fulfill everything that he's called us to. It says here in that scripture to Ephesians that he has raised us up together in heavenly places. If you are seated in heavenly places, then everything else is under your feet. Everything else is actually below you. 
And as a follower of Christ, the Bible says that you have been given authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. Over everything that the enemy might try and do, he's actually given you the authority to put it under your feet. And as we rise, everything else comes under our feet. David may have forgotten that, that as a king, he was actually called to rise and to lead the armies. Um, but for every single one of us, we are constantly reminded in Scripture that Peter reminds us that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. Uh, we are a holy people, a peculiar, peculiar people, that God has actually called us specifically for this time, in this generation, in this city, so that every single one of us can rise and fulfill the calling that God has for us. Amen. As we close, I just want to um, give this opportunity for, for people that may be feeling like, oh, I've really been through it. I've really been through it. And, and I totally understand. But can I just remind you that that is not your lot in life. It may feel overwhelming at the moment. It may feel like you're stuck in that place. But can I tell you that God has come and He's calling you again. He's calling you to rise up out of complacency, rise up out of comfort, out of every place that you've decided to settle. He's called you to rise up out of it and to begin to reign. We are called more than conquerors. We are called overcomers. We are territory takers. And if we are going to be all of that, then we must rise up into those places. Amen. And can I just ask in this moment, if you are... If you feel like, yep, I've really been through it, I want to pray specifically for you. So can I just ask every head to be bowed and um, every eye closed? And Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. The fact that he tells him the good fight tells me that there are other fights that often we get into which we actually don't need to be in. And those fights deplete us, exhaust us, uh, and take away a lot of energy from us. And can I just say, this is an opportunity to get rid of those other distractions, those other things, and just to be reminded that God has called us to fight a specific fight. It is the good fight of faith. So Father, I just pray over your people right now, Lord God. I pray over every single person, Lord God, who is saying, I am weary. Lord God, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling depleted. Father, by your Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are breathing new life into them right now. Father, I just thank you that the breath of heaven would just come again, would just flow in again, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord God, that as you do fill them afresh, Lord God, as you do, Lord God, that they would rise up from every place that they have settled that they would rise up, Lord God, from complacency and familiarity, that they would rise up and begin to reign in that calling, that place, Lord God, that you have called them to. And that as you do, Lord God, you will equip them and give them everything that they need. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.